Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Empower Your English Listening Skills. 皆さんこんばんは、アイルスです。先週はちょっと一週間空いてしまって、録画で録音できませんでしたね。Yes, we couldn't be the last week,、uh, but we're okay now. <笑>そう、実は私の体調が悪くてね、今もちょっと鼻声なんですけど、yes. で、咳も出るかと思いますが。So now it's December though. はい、12月になりましたね。12 days of Christmas.、Mm. That, that must start 12 days before Christmas Day.、Mm. But that's not the case. That's not true.、Mm. Um, in fact, if you look it up online, you will find that the 12 days of Christmas start on December 25th、mm. and go until January 5th. Christmas の日から始まるんだ、あの歌は。Well, we have something called Advent, and that's the basically four Sundays before Christmas. And、um, in, in some houses, they have an Advent wreath and with candles, four candles around the outside, and one in the middle for Christmas Day.、Mm, and, yeah, so、mm. that's a, a common way to mark the beginning. It's very hard to say when it starts.、Um, in stores, end of October or early November, they start decorating Christmas. <laughs> when I was young, I don't know now, but the city would put up Christmas lights and decorations on the city streets maybe in the first or second week of December. I don't remember. But kind of Christmas, we get into it bit by bit and it builds up more and more.、Um, in some, in sometimes in my、uh, childhood, after the first snow, we start thinking about Christmas. Sometimes that's very early. <laughs>、uh, but anyway,、uh, I think that. About mid December, a lot of people start doing things like, of course, Christmas shopping is all very big,、uh, but people start having different Christmas parties,、mm. uh, usually about middle of December, and then it's more. And so some people have so many parties they have to go to, they get very tired of it. Some people only have one or two, or some people have no party. Only what happens at their house. Yeah, so I think one of the interesting things about Christmas is so many people have the same customs, but at the same time, almost every family has their own customs too. And so it's kind of hard to just say Christmas starts here 
it's not like a set festival. Yeah,、mm-hmm. uh, the it the big day is Christmas Day, but each different cultures and different families have a different way of getting ready. How much they do. Go. <laughs> 12月に入ったらあのアドベントカレンダーってほら、yes. あのチョコレートとか入ってるの売ってる、ね。Yeah, that's become a very popular way to measure the waiting for Christmas is an advent calendar. That's not so old, I think. I think that's more common to help children to get ready. And so it's, it's, it's become very popular.、Mm. So maybe the beginning of December.、Um, I know in America, in New York,、uh, Thanksgiving in late November, they have a big parade. And the very last thing of the parade is Santa Claus' sleigh.、Mm. And that means Christmas has started.、Um, but that's actually a marketing from department stores. So who says when Christmas starts? It's very unclear. By the time you're into mid December, It's really getting going,、mm. and you know it's kind of started.、Mm. But actually, when I think of my life growing up, I never ever noticed when it actually started. It just builds over time.、Mm. So, yes. And of course, I had one aunt who listened to Christmas songs all year. <laughs> so, for her, Christmas was all the time. It's more. <laughs> Yes, she loved Christmas songs. But if you want to start singing the 12 days of Christmas, 12 days before Christmas, I'm sure it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's.、Uh... Yes, and that marks、um, the festival of the wise men coming to see Jesus. Except if you go by the story, it's actually about two years later. But, anyways, it,、uh, that's the different festivals that different places have and different. Cultures do it differently.、Yes. There is a bit of a difference between Eastern Europe and Western Europe.、Mm. And America is different from most European countries.、Mm. Although, gradually, the American style of Christmas, which is actually based on、um, especially two things. Uh, a poem that was written,、mm-hmm. maybe three things. A poem that was written in the 1800s and 
Coca-Cola commercials. Ah, Santa Cruz. And songs. And so those are the main things that made the American style Christmas.、Mm. And maybe that kind of Christmas gradually is becoming more and more popular around the world.、Mm. So maybe eventually most people will do the same things. <laughs> yes, and of course, Home Alone movie. I never spent Christmas home alone, so I don't know. <laughs> okay, well, let's get back to Harry Potter. Christmas is already over. In fact, it's, I think, getting to be spring.、Um, that we're in chapter 15, almost at the end of the story, and it's called. The Forbidden Forest, okay?、Hey. The reason we're talking about the Forbidden Forest is Malfoy,、mm. Ron, Harry,、uh, maybe Hermione, I can't remember, have a detention. They were caught out late at night, they were actually getting rid of Norbert. But they all got caught, and the last thing we heard was Filch after he caught them saying, Well, 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 we are in trouble. Ah, and Manto was really a good thing. Yes, their invisibility cloak.、Mm. Yeah, they forgot it、mm. at the top of this tower.、Mm. Oh no. Things couldn't have been worse. Filch. Took them down to Professor McGonagall's study on the first floor, where they sat and waited without saying a word to each other. Hermione was trembling. Excuses, alibis, and wild cover up stories chased each other around Harry's brain, each more feeble than the last. He couldn't see how they were going to get out of trouble this time. They were cornered. How could they have been so stupid as to forget the cloak? There was no reason on earth that Professor McGonagall would accept for their being out of bed and creeping around the school in the dead of night, let alone being up the tallest astronomy tower, which was out of bounds except for classes. And Norbert, add Norbert and the invisibility cloak. And they might as well be packing their bags already. <laughs> Had Harry thought that things couldn't have been worse? He was wrong. When Professor McGonagall appeared, she was leading Neville. Harry! Neville burst out the moment he saw the other two. I was trying to find you to warn you. I heard Malfoy saying he was going to catch you. He said you had a drag. Harry shook his head violently <laughs> to shut Neville up, but Professor McGonagall had seen. She looked more likely to breathe fire than Norbert as she towered over the three of them. I would never have believed it of any of you. Mr. Filch says you were up in the astronomy tower. It's one o'clock in the morning. Explain yourselves. It was the first time 
Hermione had ever failed to answer a teacher's question. <laughs> she was staring at her slippers, as still as a statue. I think I've got a good idea of what's been going on, said Professor McGonagall. It doesn't take a genius to work it out. You fed Dracoy Mal Draco Malfoy some cock and bull story about a dragon. A cock and bull story, I don't know where that phrase comes from, but it means a fake story. Mm. About a dragon trying to get him out of bed and into trouble. I've already caught him. I suppose you think it's funny that Longbottom here heard the story and believed it too. Harry caught Neville's eye and tried to tell him without words that this wasn't true because Neville was looking stunned and hurt. Poor blundering Neville. Harry knew what it must have cost him to try and find them in the dark to warn them. I'm disgusted said Professor McGonagall. Four students out of bed in one night? I've never heard of such a thing before. You, Miss Granger, I thought you had more sense. As for you, Mr. Potter, I thought Gryffindor meant more to you than this. All three of you will receive detentions. Yes, you too, Mr. Longbottom. Nothing gives you the right to walk around the school at night, especially these days. It's very dangerous. And 50 points will be taken from Gryffindor. 50? Harry gasped. They, they would lose the lead, the lead he'd won in the last Quidditch match. 50 points each, Ooh. said Professor McGonagall, breathing heavily through her long, pointed nose. Professor, please, you can't. Don't tell me what I can and can't do, Potter. Now get to bed, all of you. I've never been more ashamed of Gryffindor students. A hundred and fifty points lost? That put Gryffindor in last place. Mm. In one night, they'd ruined any chance Gryffindor had had for the House Cup. Harry felt as though the bottom had dropped out of his stomach. How could they ever make up for this? Harry didn't sleep all night. He could hear Neville sobbing into his pillow for what seemed like hours. Harry couldn't think of anything to say to comfort him. He knew Neville, like himself, was dreading the dawn. What would happen when the rest of Gryffindor found out what they'd done. At first, Gryffindors passing the giant hourglasses <laughs> that recorded the house points the next day thought there'd been a mistake. How could they suddenly have 150 points fewer than yesterday? And then the story started to spread. Harry Potter, the famous Harry Potter, their hero of two Quidditch matches had lost them all those points, him and a couple of other stupid first years. From being one of the most popular and admired people at the school, Harry was suddenly the most hated. <laughs> Even Ravenclaws and Hufflepuffs 
turned on him because everyone had been longing to see Slytherin lose the house cup. Everywhere Harry went, people pointed and didn't trouble to lower their voices as they insulted him. Slytherins, on the other hand, clapped as he walked past them, whistling and cheering, Thanks, Potter, we owe you one. Only Ron stood by him. They'll all forget this in a few weeks. Fred and George have lost loads of points in all the time they've been here, and people still like them. They've never lost 150 points in one go, though, have they, said Harry miserably. Well, no, Ron admitted. It was a bit late to repair the damage, but Harry swore to himself not to meddle in things that weren't his business from now on. He'd had it with sneaking around and spying. He felt so ashamed of himself that he went to Wood and offered to resign from the Quidditch team. Resign, Wood thundered. What good'll that do? How are we going to get any points back if we can't win at Quidditch? But even Quidditch had lost its fun. The rest of the team wouldn't speak to Harry during the practice, and if they had to speak about him, they called him the Seeker. <laughs> Hermione and Neville were suffering too. They didn't have as bad a time as Harry because they weren't as well known. But nobody would speak to them either. Hermione had stopped drawing attention to herself in class, keeping her head down and working in silence. Harry was almost glad that the exams weren't far away. All the studying he had to do kept his mind off his misery. He, Ron, and Hermione kept to themselves, working late into the night, trying to remember the ingredients in complicated potions, Mm. learn charms, and spells by heart, memorize the dates of magical discoveries and goblin rebellions. Then, about a week before the exams were due to start, Harry's new resolution not to interfere in anything that didn't concern him was put to an unexpected test. Walking back from the library on his own one afternoon, he heard somebody whimpering from a classroom up ahead. As he drew closer, he heard Quirrell's voice. No, no, not again, please. It sounded as though someone was threatening him. Harry moved closer. All right, all right, he heard Quirrell sob. Next second, Quirrell came hurrying out of the classroom, straightening his turban. He was pale and looked as though he was about to cry. He strode out of sight. Harry didn't think Quirrell had even noticed him. He waited until Quirrell's footsteps had disappeared, then peered into the classroom. It was empty. 
but a door stood ajar at the other end. Harry was halfway toward it before he remembered what he'd promised himself about not meddling. All the same, he'd have gambled twelve sorcerer's stones that Snape had just left the room. And from what Harry had just heard, Snape would be walking with a new spring in his step. Quirrell seemed to have given in at last. Harry went back to the library where Hermione was testing Ron on astronomy. Harry told them what he'd heard. Snape's done it then, said Ron. If Quirrell's told him how to break his anti-dark force spell... They're still fluffy, though, said Hermione. Maybe Snape's found out how to get past him without asking Hagrid, said Ron, looking up at the thousands of books surrounding them. I bet there's a book somewhere in here telling you how to get past a giant three-headed dog. So what do we do, Harry? The light of adventure was kindling again in Ron's eyes. But Hermione answered before Harry could. Go to Dumbledore. That's what we should have done ages ago. If we try anything ourselves, we'll be thrown out for sure. Hmm. But we've got no proof, said Harry. Quirrell's too scared to back us up. Snape's only got to say he doesn't know how the troll got in at Halloween Hmm. and that he was nowhere near the third floor. Who do you think they'll believe, him or us? It's not exactly a secret. We hate him. Dumbledore'll think we made it up to get him sacked. Filch wouldn't help us if his life depended on it. He's too friendly with Snape. And the more students get thrown out, the better, he'll think. Mm-hmm. And don't forget, we're not supposed to know about the stone or Fluffy. That'll take a lot of explaining. Hermione looked convinced, but Ron didn't. If we just do a bit of poking around... No, said Harry flatly. We've done enough poking around. He pulled a map of Jupiter toward him and started to learn the names of its moons. (laughs) So, that's where we're going to stop for now. And uh, I hope you will enjoy what's ahead. So far, there was nothing about the Forbidden Forest. <laughs> um, maybe that will come later. Okay, well, thank you for listening. And I hope you have a good Merry Christmas, too. Thank <laughs> <laughs> you. Yeah, see you next time. Bye-bye. Bye.